Money FM 89.3, best of the breakfast huddle. The bigger picture, only on Money FM 89.3. Money FM 89.3. Good morning. It's The Breakfast Huddle with Elliot Danker and Ryan Huang. Ryan, it's time now for the bigger picture. And we're putting the focus on the FOMC rate decision that is set to happen tonight. Yeah. Each time we talk about this, I keep thinking an episode of Storage Hunter where it goes 50, 50, 50, no, 75, <laughs> 75, do I get 75? Well, that's a very good way to put it, right? And what way better than to come back from the long weekend then into the thick of action with the FOMC meeting. And that, of course, is what you alluded to. That could be seeing the biggest rate increase in 22 years, 50 basis points or even 75 and maybe even more to come. And to get a bigger picture, I've got Mitu Kotica. He is the Chief Emerging Markets for Asia and Europe Strategist for TD Securities. Morning, Mitu. How are you doing today? Good morning. Very well. How are you? Mitchell, I'm doing well. I hope you had a good break as well. So we've all focused quite for a long time what the Fed will do in this edition of the FOMC meeting. People have been talking about how aggressive the Fed might be. What's your take? How aggressive will we see the Fed signal and act on its latest meeting? As you alluded to, the chances of a 50 basis point hike now are very, very high at this meeting. There had been some talk of a 75 basis point tightening and we had one Fed official, Fed Bullard, mm. uh, indicating that was a possibility. But generally, the Fed has played, uh, put sort of cold water on that expectation. So 50 looks likely. What I think will be important here, and look, it is priced in by the market, as well as potentially two more 50 basis point hikes as well in uh, the next couple of months. So the point here is how much more than this the Fed will want to go and whether we get any, any indication of the path of policy hikes going forward. So I actually think a 50 basis point move today will not come as a big surprise to markets. Yeah, me too. Maybe you can help us to set a context. You know, going into this meeting, what are the challenges that the Fed has to balance? You know, because we have so many rising costs of living pressures happening as well as the economy threatening to just slow down if they raise rate hikes too fast. What's your take on the challenges that the Fed has to balance here? Yeah, it's a very, very tough balancing act for the Fed Clearly, a lot of the inflation pressures have been through supply side. In other words, due to restrictions on supply chain issues and stuff that the Fed really can't handle in terms of being able to control it by monetary policy. It's not been demand side issues. And that's been a problem. At the same time, inflation has been much higher than had been previously anticipated. So there is a real risk that the Fed has fallen behind the curve and need to act very quickly. But of course, if they hike too quickly, then you could put the economy into recession. So it is going to be a very, very fine balancing act. But the Fed has really little choice but to uh, hike aggressively now and potentially, in our view, hike 50 basis points in, in June and July and 25 basis points increments after that because they have to really get back onto this curve to get confidence back, to get credibility back, but also to get a grip on inflation uh, and to really start pushing inflation expectations lower. Yeah, me too. You alluded to it somewhat, um, the Fed behind the curve. You know, how valid is this criticism? Because the Fed has been saying you know, it's going to be data dependent, it's going to wait for the data, but then now it seems to be just doing catch-up. So does it have to become more proactive rather than reactive and really front-load all these um, hikes in the coming quarters? Well, I think the front-loading, as we would expect, 
is going to help the Fed get back onto that curve. And I think this has been the issue, not just for the Fed, but for central banks globally, that inflation has been rampant and supply pressures have been intensified. And that's caught a lot of central banks off guard. So if, as we expect, you know, they do this 50 basis point series of 50 basis point hikes, they also implement quantitative tightening, in other words, reduction of the Fed's balance sheet, which will be important, then I think you will see the Fed quickly get back onto that curve uh, and rein in this sharp inflation increases that we've been seeing in recent months. Yeah, so two things to watch, how fast they hike and also how fast they reduce the balance sheet. Now, I'm going to turn your attention to down under. Yesterday, we had the RBA in action, more aggressive than expected instead of the 15 basis point hikes widely expected. We got 25 basis points. Uh, what's your take on the RBA's latest action? How much will that support the Australian dollar? Well, the surprise is obviously in the magnitude of the hike. RBA clearly now shifting its attention more to inflation than wages, which had been previous focus for them. Clearly, growth has been shooting above expectations. So the Aussie dollar benefited from the move yesterday and may benefit to some extent further as the RBA continues to hike rates. But just bearing in mind, we're in a very, very strong dollar environment at present. And that is you know, catching all currencies pretty much off guard. Commodity currencies have done better than others. But the reality is that when you do have a very strong dollar, extremely high U.S. yields, of course, the 10-year hit 3%, and the two-year also pressured higher. It keeps the dollar on the front foot against most currencies. So, yes, Aussie may gain, but perhaps for a limited amount, given the strength mm. of the U.S. dollar at present. And Mitchell, Australia and many other countries has to do that balancing act. And with Australia, China is a big part of the conversation. And with the latest indicators, if you look at the PMI data, it seems to be painting a worsening picture. So latest PMI for manufacturing dropping to 47.4 from 49.5. And you now have potentially Beijing going to tighter restrictions. So what's the picture here when it comes to China? I think, unfortunately, in the near term, the picture is one of deterioration. The data for April is worsening. And as you mentioned, the purchasing managers indices showing decline in sentiment, especially in the service sector, which has really been hit most by lockdowns. And while there has been some signs of easing in lockdowns across the country, of course, not in Beijing, which seems to be intensifying, but there is some sense across the country of a little easing, it may help. But it's going to take some time before restrictions are fully eased, given the zero tolerance, zero COVID strategy. And that's going to put pressure on the economy in the next few weeks, few months. It will make this five and a half, around five and a half percent target for China hard to achieve this year in terms of GDP growth. And it will also entail more stimulus, perhaps more fiscal stimulus, but also some monetary and credit stimulus as well. All right. Um, just to wrap things up, Mitchell, um, one of the easiest trades these days, it seems, is to sell the yen, the Japanese yen. So I'm looking at it just in the past week, breaching the 130 level versus US dollar. So that is its weakest in nearly 20 years. Is there a flaw to where the yen is heading, Mitchell? I think, look, dollar-yen continues to see upside pressure. I think the reality is that as U.S. yields move higher and Japan has its yield curve control, i.e. capping Japanese yield, 
dollar yen is a casualty and in other words the yen is a casualty and it looks like we're going to see more upside 135 is also now moving into focus for a lot of uh, analyst traders out there so i think that given the breach of 130 move i wouldn't be surprised to get to 135 all right Mitu Kotica, he is the chief emerging markets for asia and europe strategist for td securities chatting with us and helping us to break down the fomc's rate decision coming out later tonight Mitu, thanks for your time and we'll catch up again with you next time thank you before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.